All right. So that is what China Dodovu had to say in our conversation last week. Let me then welcome onto the show today Hassan Mago, who is the MMC for Finance at the Mfuleni local municipality. Uh, Hassan, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning to the listeners of SAFM and the country at last. Briggs Mugolo is a community activist. Briggs, good morning. Good morning, man, and how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for coming on to the show. So uh, I'll come to you in a moment. I want to give the MMC uh, just an opportunity to kick off this conversation. Mr. Marco, let's firstly begin with what it is that the NCOP committee, the COCTA committee, has had to say about the state of Mfuleni. They, of course, are incredibly disheartened um, by the fact that the state of the municipality has been in continuous regression. In fact, they don't see right now any reason to suggest that things are changing for the better in Mfuleni. Why is that the case? Why is your municipality going from I mean, it's beyond bad to worse, but why is it regressing at the scale that it is? Uh, thanks once again, Kathy. Uh, look, the observation by, 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 by the NCOP, uh, we, 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 we can partially agree with them simply because of the economic conditions of uh, the municipality at this present moment. Uh, we're sitting at 50%, uh, 56% unemployment rate, of which uh, this, of course, uh, discourages our people from paying their rates and taxes. Our things worsened off when uh, the municipality was put under administration uh, by the provincial government. Ever since that, uh, we have had uh, growing debts in as far as uh, the two entities, Rendwater and Eskom. And that on its own has made the municipality not to reach its its objectives in as far as service delivery is concerned. Uh, SANDF was deployed here, RVAT was deployed here. Even now there is the Department of Water and Sanitation intervention through Section 63, whereby rainwater is is an implementing agent. And uh, actually some of the results on the ground are are not yet being felt by the community. Uh, well, uh, to a large extent, I'd also want to disagree, like uh, I said, that partially we can agree, but we are trying to turn the corner with partnerships that we have had uh, with uh, the, the companies in the area to actually unite and uh, drive service delivery uh, 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 and ensure that we restore confidence uh, within the communities. Mr. Hassan, I think that you are understating the amount of crisis that this municipality is in, that your municipality is in. In fact, when you look at part of what has been uncovered, including by COCTA, um, the the move to place this municipality under administration was as a response to an already dire state of affairs. So I don't think it's true that your situation worsened after you're placed under administration, the situation was already bad, which is why your municipality was placed under administration. 
Yes, and you are entitled to that particular opinion. And I'm saying to you, Kathy, the situation was worsened off when we were under administration. Uh, and and it why, is what why? it is. No, no, tell me why. Why, why. why did the administration leave you worse off? Uh, reasons uh, are political instability at the time were uh, in the municipality and of course in the in, in the in the province there was a lot of political instability a uh, lot of accusations of corruption with no proof uh, and, and that on its own uh, uh, dealt uh, a municipality a severe blow you you can you can look at the graph uh, which we will submit to you uh, of the of both entities that we owed uh, at the time before uh, we were put under administration, and you look at when we were put under administration and how the debt had grown, you can simply tell that uh, the interventions that uh, both national and provincial government came with did not actually assist the municipality. They actually uh, wasn't the us off. That is why we're uh, trying to turn the corner around with uh, partnerships that we have established with. Uh, the local companies in the area, and pushing very hard for for national government to to speedily implement uh, the, the 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 interventions that the, I've just mentioned, the section sixty three, because uh, our water utility on its own uh, is not uh, making a profit. We are losing about six hundred million annually due to aging infrastructure. Uh, the distribution losses that are caused by theft uh, uh, in the area and aging infrastructure as well is also contributing to the dire situation in the municipality. And we, we are trying to turn the situation around with both entities. We have entered into uh, an agreement with ESCOM. Even today, whilst I'm busy with the, this interview, the executive mayor and the municipal manager are meeting with Rainwater to, to see how do we turn the corner around. There are memor memorandums of understanding that we have signed that we, uh, we that actually show that we will actually want to turn the corner around. I, I want and, to. I, I want to. I want to go back to the point you made around the municipality being placed under administration because you effectively are blaming the provincial government and the national government for that step. What was the the actual problem? So break it down for me. Help me understand because you're saying that that move insured is what led to an increase in expenses of the municipality, right? Are you saying that the administrators that... Um, were, were, were given the task of turning the municipality around, did not do that, and instead they were part of those that continued to squander the funds in the municipality? I, I, I'm saying to what was perceived to be a weakness of the municipality and... Uh, being put under administration was a was a wrong was a wrong move, and quite frankly, the administrators did not take us anywhere. Uh, uh, we 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 had uh, administrators that were turned into officials of the municipality at some point in time, uh, of which the interest uh, their interest would change from time to time. You must understand that local government is very complex and a, and a, a municipality so big as, as M. Fuleni. You need to understand and bring warm bodies uh, to the ground. 
Now the administrators went into the politics of the institution and did not actually deal with the situation that they were supposed to have dealt with. To what, be quite what do honest you mean you. when you say they went into the politics of the situation? The, the politics of the institution. Because yes. I, I told you that there was political instability. Of course, you'd know that the, uh, as councillors, we have we come from this different organisation. The very same politics, uh, the administrators were also involved in those particular politics, issue, uh, issue, issues of uh, investigations that were ne- neither here nor there, nor there. People have not been prosecuted, but we had committees, uh, uh, oversight committees that said, and that said that there were issues that they, were, they had found when we when the issues are supposed to have gone to the law enforcement agencies, those issues are no longer Ms. on Mr. the Marco, table now. I'm going to ask you to be explicit with me because you, you are beating around the bush around what you are saying the issues are. So if you can be explicit and honest so that me and the rest of our listeners have a better understanding from you about what you say, the problem with the entire administration has been because right now you're speaking in very vague terms and unfortunately i'm not able to read between the lines because i don't even know um which lines you're trying to get us to read between so you say that administrators were playing politics how were they playing politics what did they do um that that led you to a point where you believe that they were playing politics and they ended up being part of the problem in the municipality. Administrators, when they come into an institution, Kathy, are supposed to resolve the problems of the municipality. And I'm saying, for an example, the two entities, which is Rendota and ESCOM, at the time that we were, uh, we were still not under administration, the municipality was able to pay the, the current accounts of that particular or those particular uh, institutions, and the graph was uh, was quite well. But as soon as uh, we went under administration, the debt of both entities grew. And I'm saying this happened because the administrators did not play their oversight role very well, and they actually focused on the political uh, side, which was not supposed to be the issue the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, on the ground. I'm not going to withstand the, the challenges that the municipality is facing. I've spoken about the distribution losses, which is about the aging infrastructure, both in water and electricity. And I'm saying to you, we as Mfulen, we did not bring the SANDF. The SANDF did not give us uh, proper results. There was ERVAT. ERVAT did not give us proper results. There is Section 63 under the DWS, which is left with 18 months as we speak. And there's still nothing on the ground. And that is why I'm, I'm putting the blame squarely on our uh, own administration. I'm not going to... Uh, uh, dismiss the fact that we owe rainwater and ESCOM. Yes, those are the issues that we acknowledge and we are committed to, to resolving them. Uh, but these are the issues that were also Ms. faced Mr. with. Mr. At, at the point that you were placed under administration, you already owed ESCOM. Is that not true? Look, look at the statements and I will be forwarding them to you just after this interview. The graph was quite positive at the time with both are you say, entities. Are you, are you saying that you didn't owe ESCOM at the time that you were placed under administration? 
we did owe Eskom and Rainwater yes, at the time. Yes, you did. So you you not, did owe them. Let's talk not about at this current rate. no. Let's talk about how much you owed Eskom at the time. It was less than four hundred million. Was it not to the tune of two billion rand? No, that tune went up when we were put under administration up until where we are today because the interest that ESCOM is charging us is about 50 million uh, a month, only on interest. And you, you will never catch up with the, uh, that particular interest for as long as you are unable to deal with the current account, the current account of which, like I've told you, our electricity uh, in the collection rate, or let me start with the collection rate, which is sitting at 78%. Uh, the electricity uh, bill subsidizes the water bill because I, I, I've just mentioned that we're losing 600 million uh, uh, annually on, 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 on water losses. So our water losses are not, uh, uh, our water issues are not profitable on this side. We're only using electricity to subsidize the water bill. All right, I'm going this to ask why you, that we need just hang on. I'm going to ask you to hold that thought. We'll continue the conversation with Hassan Mako, the MMC for Finance at the Influent Municipality. We'll also hear from Briggs Mokolo, who's a community activist in a moment. It's 10.30, time for your latest headline. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. All right, we continue the conversation on the talking point. We're focusing on the Infolene municipality for our municipal watch feature today. Uh, you've been hearing from the MMC of Finance at the Infolene local municipality, Hassan Mago. And of course, one of the things that he's been doing so far is laying a significant amount of the blame for the state of Mfuleni on the decision that was taken to place it under administration. Now, if we can recall, one of the reasons why Mfuleni was placed under administration in the first place is that it was already struggling with basic matters such as revenue collection, basic issues of uh, service delivery. Uh, the argument he's saying is that the move to place it under administration did not make things better. It only made things worse. So, Mr. Marco, I, I want you to actually speak to uh, that issue for us because... I understand the point you're trying to make to us about why you believe that the administrators didn't do a good job of placing Infulini back on the right track in as far as service delivery is concerned and most importantly improving the, the financial state of affairs of the municipality. But the one thing we cannot deny is the fact that there has been a continuous collapse of services in your municipalities. And that is what has made matters worse. In fact, it's part of the reason why none of the administrators have been able to be successful. Uh, well, uh, I think we, 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 we need to uh, turn around this, uh, the, 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 this, uh, this interview, Casey. I'm not going to be able to respond on behalf of our administrators, but let me respond on behalf of the municipality. Where, uh, uh, when we were placed under administration, a gentleman by the name of Upangwani came in, in, in as an administrator. Fast forward, the person was uh, appointed as the municipal manager, which, I, I, according to me, that would be a conflict. Uh, the, the, the suspended CFO, Mr. Andile Jakala, was 
uh, uh, came in here as an administrator. Fast forward, he was the CFO of the municipality. That on its own can tell you that uh, the uh, 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 politics were at play at the time. And that is why we have not yet been able to yield positive results. But I'll go to the issue of non-payment in the municipality, of which the current collection rate is sitting at 78%, and the, the threshold by national treasury is 95%. That only can actually tell you that why uh, things are collapsing in the municipality. But uh, like I, I mentioned uh, in the first half of the interview, we are trying to turn the corner around with partnerships and community members, including amongst others introducing incentive schemes so that our communities can be able now to to, to pay for, 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 for their services. Uh, well, of course, uh, currently working with the provincial government under the, premier, under the leadership of Premier Al-Sufi, there are certain methods that we have tried to change in as far as interventions are concerned to ensure that we stimulate the economy of the Val once again through the intervention of roads, uh, the 40 roads that uh, we will be doing in the next few weeks. Uh, All right. And, and that, uh, of course, you, you know, it, it will encourage residents. But we are also committed to deal with the aging infrastructure, with the partnerships that I'm speaking about. All right. Mr. Mokolo, let me bring you in. You are a community activist and you, of course, would have been part of the experience in as far as this deteriorating state of affairs is concerned. I mean, at at some point we even had the business community in Infulweni asking to take over and to run some of the services themselves because they felt that they were paying for services that they were not receiving and that a boycott um, would have been the best way forward. What do you make of what uh, Mr. Marco is saying this morning? Uh, I'm, I'm really disappointed because I thought Mr. Marco or the MMC will be giving us uh, clear answers from whatever you ask. Because uh, we are expecting them to lead as they were elected as community leaders. But uh, now it shows that uh, they are shifting the blame because they are pointing fingers from one another. Because when you talk to the administrators, they will tell you about these uh, elected politicians, that uh, uh, how they dominate, how they control the municipality. And members of the community, they are enough because there is also a slogan that came up from the community that uh, enough is enough uh, was hurtful with the maladministration that is taking place from Mfulen municipality. Uh, community is struggling with uh, just basic services. And uh, the councillors, you see them, their lifestyle changing. Because now uh, you elect a councillor who does not have anything, a car or whatever. Now immediately when they get into power, you see them driving Porsche cars. I'm not saying this because we are jealous. We don't want our people to get, uh, you know, rich. 
But uh, uh, the challenge that uh, maybe they are facing is also the uh, neoliberal policies that they are operating under. Because some of the basic services that they are, they are supposed to or supposed to be provided by the local municipality, you see them uh, being privatized. Like for instance, uh, with electricity, people don't know actually who is providing electricity in the uh, CDB municipality or in, from the Mfule municipality. Because uh, the councillors and the ESCOM, they are partnering, taking money from the people. Because uh, there are people who are living in the Val for more than five, four years without electricity. And they are told to pay a certain amount before they can receive any reconnection. And after paying, nothing is happening. Now, this is a, a question that we need to ask from the MMC of finance. Where this money goes to? And the money that is making profit for this company, ESCOM, sitting in the account of ESCOM, is making interest for ESCOM, not for community. Now, that's where we want answers from them. And if they fail, the message is simple. Like the message that we did during the apartheid uh, era, where we had apartheid counselors who were practicing uh, maladministration. We asked them to, to resign because we cannot feed individual counselors to enrich themselves for five years sitting there without providing basic services. And basic services are constitutional human rights. Mm. They are stated in the constitution. They must be provided without any condition. So, Mr. Mukolo, if I'm hearing you correctly, part of what you're saying is that you don't believe that there's been any clear commitment from the officials in Mfuleni to actually solve the problems that this municipality is facing. Instead, what you have is different entities playing politics at the expense of the residents. And this includes those that are part of the mayoral committees, those that are part of the administrators um, that have come in and out of Mfuleni. And we must, of course, emphasize the fact that there's been a, a long list of administrators that has come into the area. Yeah, uh, it is true what you are saying, that uh, we don't have any confidence in them. And there is no sign of changing the operation to show that now they want to uh, uh, change and provide services for the people. It is after 1994, we've been experiencing this kind of uh, maladministration and the development that is provided by the councillors or the council of Enfulene 
they are providing substandard development, especially in the townships, because there is township development meant for black poor people. All right. Mr. We are treated badly. Mm-hmm. You remember during the apartheid era, we were treated badly because of the color of our skin. Now today, the new kind of apartheid is that it is uh, the, the question of the status. How much do you have? This Mr. is another discrimination. Mr. Mukola, I'm going to ask you to pause it there. Um, the MMC for Finance, Mr. Marco, I'm going to give you a chance to come in here and, and perhaps also explain um, to the residents why it is that despite whatever interventions that you say you, you, you're working on, they still ha- there is still this big issue around electricity and water supply in Mfulene. Okay. Uh, thanks, Kathy, once again. However, I see that uh, uh, you are trying to to make me a spokesperson of two entities that I do not report to, but I will try to explicate myself. Which which entities are these? Uh, both Rendwater and Eskom. No, I'm uh, asking you to speak on behalf of the municipality to explain yes, to me, your residents me, why let, it let is me, that they're still let, experiencing challenges with let, electricity and water. Let me let, let, let me go to 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 to, to your question, Kathy. Uh, you, you must separate the two. There is where Mfuleni provides electricity. Yes. Uh, there are areas where Mfuleni provides electricity uh, as a municipality, which are the areas of Fanabel Park, Frienach uh, and Three Rivers, and Bupilung and Mvangwa. These are some of the areas that we supply electricity. And I can assure you now that none of these communities have experienced uh, four years without electricity where Mfuleni supplies electricity. Despite the challenges that the municipality has in as far as aging infrastructure is concerned, we do attend to outages uh, of electricity. And I, I still I want to maintain the, 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 our communities where we supply electricity here in we have not uh, treated communities in such a manner. When it comes to the issue of ESCOM, ESCOM has its own, its own infrastructure. And of course, they have their own challenges of... Uh, uh, communities not buying electricity. That is where our communities are experiencing uh, years and years without uh, electricity because uh, of uh, 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 ESCOM. And of course, we know that ESCOM as a board, uh, when they have taken a decision that they will, they will not replace uh, a blown out or faulty transformer, it's their decision. We do engage with ESCOM as well, councillors. And we do encourage communities to come forward so that we meet ESCOM halfway in as far as uh, ensuring that there is much needed revenue inside the ESCOM uh, uh, purse for them to attend issues uh, uh, related to, to, to their infrastructure. When it comes to rainwater, uh, it's very, very minimal. Some of the areas, uh, it's because of the, 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 the cable theft that happens in in the national key points. That is where you find our people not having sufficient water where the reservoirs are not filled up. And some of the, because of course, uh, when, when they come out, they go through these broken pipes and they are unable to, to reach the communities. That is why we, we want to speedily 
uh, intervening in as far as the Section 63 and to actively partic- uh, pa- uh, uh, participate with uh, pa- uh, private entities to ensure that we close all these water losses. On our side as a municipality, we do fulfill our obligation in as far as supplying water and electricity. However, uh, there are challenges, and when we have paid rainwater, uh, rainwater will not definitely uh, lower the pressure. However, because of load shedding and cable thefts and stuff, that is where our reservoirs are suffering, and uh, water would not be able to reach our communities. But in between that, uh, if they, they, it, it does take long, our people do get supplies through the water tankers, uh, unlike the situation in Amaskal where there's no water out at all. So, according to you, then there's no problem, Mr. Mago, if I'm hearing you clearly. There's no issue. Uh, well, I'm saying uh, insulin has its own challenges and weaknesses. But you what, can't hold what, what, what are those challenges and weaknesses, according to you? I've mentioned the, the issue of uh, aging infrastructure that all, uh, we're trying to deal with, both in rainwater in, 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 in and ESCO. Uh, and, well, of course, uh, uh, you'd remember that we, we are a municipality that was faced with uh, a lot of uh, vacancies, especially at the higher levels. Uh, the, the, the executive director and, and some of those posts are still not filled today. Whose fault is that? Is that no, also that somebody is, else's fault? The, the, the current administration is dealing with that and I can assure you by the end of uh, the year uh, when we come back for this interview all those vacancies would have been filled including amongst others what Ntabe Briggs has mentioned we want uh, to, to, to get rid of the, of the issue of service providers and we have advertised general workers post of which they will be filled and this of course will give us a boost uh, in as far as uh, ground level work is concerned. So so, so, so here's one of my issues Mr. Magu if I were to rely solely on the picture that you're painting is one of Mfuleni being a victim of circumstance that this is a municipality that has all of these odds stacked up against it but the majority of which are not really in your control and you are just having to navigate your way through these challenges. Okay, come again, Kathy. I said, if I were to go with the picture that you are painting, it's one of a municipality that is a victim of all of these circumstances that you've been highlighting. But you don't seem to me to be ready to take accountability. You, you, you acknowledge the fact that there are challenges that the municipality is facing. And I said to you, even in the beginning of this interview, that what you are facing is more than just challenges. In fact, you are underplaying the failures, the governance failures that you as a municipality should be taking accountability for. Look, Casey, the the 2021 uh, administration is definitely trying to, to turn the corner around. I did acknowledge the fact that yes, the municipality has challenges. You mentioned the issue of administration 
And I did mention that uh, some of the things that are at the doorstep of the municipalities because of the very same administration. But we are telling All right. the, the... Mr. Marco, the, I'm, the, going to, the, I'm going to pause it. I'm going to pause it there with you. I need to take a quick break. When we come back, in fact, let me do this. Let me try and bring in these callers now and we'll wrap up the conversation a little early to, uh, to take the break we need to go to. Let me go to Mokhaokhelo uh, Chabalala. I understand you were with the Democratic Alliance in Mfuleni. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Kathy. Uh, this is uh, King from Chavalala. Uh, let me greet you, greet the CFM listeners. Let me also extend my greetings to MMC Marco and Dr. Brinson. Kathy, I think earlier your characterization that uh, Mfuleni municipality is regressive uh, as opposed to, to progressive uh, is very true. Uh, what is happening in Mfuleni is that uh, the government party has, has basically collapsed that municipality because Mfuleni continues to limp uh, from one disaster to another and they are always caught up in corruption scandals. Uh, why am I saying the government party has collapsed that municipality? Uh, Mfuleni municipality cannot pay salaries uh, of employees on any time. Uh, they cannot pay service providers, which has negatively impacted on service providers, uh, which has led to some of the businesses uh, to collapse. And the municipality, they cannot uh, collect refuse uh, on a regular uh, basis, yet they are paying millions and millions of rents to service providers who are also using municipal employees, uh, yet they are paid by the municipality to collect refuse. Metzia which is also paying uh, service providers, which is one of the entities in Mfuleni. In the past five years, they've paid service providers over 200 million. Yet also, employees in the Metzia have claimed over time over 70 million. Yet our streets in Mfuleni are ravaged by water leaks and sewer leaks. So now you begin to ask yourselves, yourself, why are these Service providers paid so so much millions, and also why are, are employees claiming claiming uh, overtime? And can you believe that Elfulen is the biggest grade five municipality in South Africa? They cannot even decrease. They've also that function. And then when you ask us to why would such a big municipality not build uh, their own grade, they will tell you that the municipality does not have the competence uh, or the skills. Uh, to dig their own grades. I also hear the NEC is, uh, the MNC is also alleging issues of staging infrastructure. But if you can ask the MNC as to how much uh, has Enfulin municipality invested in replacing or maintaining the aging infrastructure, uh, you would be you would be very surprised. Uh, let, me, let, one, me, let, let me give him an opportunity to respond to that question. Mr. Marco? Uh, well, uh, uh, Katie, look, uh, I'll respond to all four questions that uh, uh, King Saul is, uh, has mentioned. Salaries are being paid on time, unless the account of the bank, uh, of the municipality is being attached. Uh, service providers, yes, I did mention, and how so, so, are we no, going Mr. to Mr. Marco, let's let's go back. Let's go back to that issue. You didn't pay salaries on time this last month. Which month? Which month are you referring to? The the the, the, the NCOP committee told us 
that you had been struggling struggling to pay salaries, primarily uh, also as a result of the fact that your bank accounts had been attached. As far as I'm concerned, it's only one month, and it was uh, I think the month of uh, May where salaries were not paid in, on time, and this was a result of the issue of the sheriff and the communication with the bank, not necessarily because there was a tussle because, between us and the uh, entity that did uh, attach the account. Uh, this this month and uh, last month, the accounts were, the, the salaries were paid on, on time. And I did mention the issue of service providers, which are a concern to us. And how are we going to mitigate by creating jobs so that our people can actually work uh, and do the work that the service providers are doing. And uh, the issue of overtime, Kingsall must make its research as well when it comes to cost-cutting measures. We have limited uh, 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 our overtime to uh, only 23 hours, which we are doing quite well as we speak. Are you, are you, paying, time, service to, are you paying service pro- providers right now? Uh, no, not yet, because we are still busy with the uh, escom and, uh, and rainwater. So, so, but, uh, so, so you, so you owe service providers, right? Yeah, but, but that is a com- common question. You no, but, but, no but, but I'm saying no, that you haven't no, paid. You have not been paying your service providers. There is no way that you pay service providers when your account is attached. Uh, let us use common sense. Oh, okay. So now yeah. you are admitting to the fact that. You have not been paying service providers. Not not because the municipality is broke. There is money in the account of the municipality. But, but why is it? You see, again, it's, 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 it's the obfuscation for me, uh, Mr. Mago. Take responsibility. I'm taking responsibility, Katie. I'm saying to you, there is money in the bank account of the municipality. We, we, we are not going to sabotage any service provider that would have performed these duties. Unfortunately, the account is attached by both Rainwater and ESCOM. And as soon as the account is uplifted, there's no way that would suffocate service providers because they work in the best interest of the municipality. Why, was, why were the accounts attached? Uh, this is because the, the, the issue of the bank accounts being attached starts in 2018 when the municipality mm-hmm. was still under administration, where both entities, Railwater and ESCOM, received a rate against the municipality. And I did mention that the, the interest that the, uh, the entities are, are charging us, no one, no single municipality can be able to catch up with it. I mean, an interest of 50 million per month when your, your collection rate is uh, sitting at 78%. It would be very difficult so, so, for so, you to... So, 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 so the, the point here, and I know what you're saying about the issues around revenue collections, debt that is owed, the interest rate, that that's an issue more broadly that affects other municipalities, including Mfuleni. But the issue here, um, Mr. Mago, is the fact that even where the municipality finds itself in today, you have had a, a response, a, a role in, in that position. Uh, under under the current administration, we were able to uh, reduce uh, the rain, rainwater debt by about 50%. However, at the time, uh, our electricity losses and the NMD were, were increasing, and the 50% prime prime interest. All right, I'm, you I'm, can't you can't you can't I'm ignore that. You, I'm going to ask you to stay on the line. We're going to have to extend this conversation. Hassan Mago is the MMC for Finance at Mfuleni Local Municipality. Briggs Mogolo is a community activist. We've got so many callers uh, on this particular issue. We'll see if we can't uh, stretch it at least until 20 past 11. For now, it's time for the news. 
The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We're leading the conversation at 9 after 11 o'clock. You're listening to The Talking Point. Uh, we've just extended our conversation on Municipal Watch and the municipality we're looking at today is the Mfulini Municipality. Hassan Marko, the MMC for Finance in that municipality, has been on the line. Briggs Mokolo, who is a community activist, has also been part of the conversation we heard uh, just before we went to news from Mokhaokhelo uh, Chabalala who is with the DA. Funzi Ngobeni is with Action SA. Uh, Funzi, you also want to contribute to this conversation. Good morning to you. Yeah, uh, good morning, uh, Kathy. Yes, um, very briefly for me, please. Yeah, no, my, really the, the lack of accountability and the arrogance that we are hearing from the MMC, the donkey attitude is really what uh, concerns me. But um, I, I want to say, um, Katie, that the community must not feel that they are helpless in this situation. You see, I'm, I'm sympathetic with what he says in terms of the intervention that came in in 2018 uh, from the provincial government, where he says nothing has actually happened. I fully agree with him. In fact, the province had no intention of improving the situation. They wanted to come in and loot and finish uh, off in Fuleri, and that's exactly what they did. So. We as Action as they have um, put a petition together, um, and that's why we're saying that the residents must not feel helpless. There is, the Constitution allows them to change the situation. Uh, a petition that we have put together is to dissolve this uh, municipality altogether and, 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 and restart and have elections within 90 days where you know, people that care about the community can be elected. Because with this uh, situation, Clearly, the province has no intention of, of assisting the, of the residents of Infilini, and the current government also doesn't have any interest. So residents need to take it upon themselves to be able to make some changes, and this petition will uh, will assist them. We will take the matter until to court so that we can be able to help the, the residents of, of, of the city. And the MMC, I'm going to ask him to submit an affidavit that can help us, um, where he can be able to actually confirm and you know that the province doesn't doesn't really want to uh, help them. It doesn't actually want to help the resident of the city of Enfilen. They, they only want to obviously come in and just look. And I think this affidavit will help the residents uh, in ensuring that we put this municipality in order. Mr. Marco, um, do do you support that view that this municipality needs to be completely dissolved? No, I think this fellow from Action SA is lost. Uh, I did mention that uh, the provincial government, uh, uh, with, uh, under the leadership of Premier uh, Banyaza, uh, is working tirelessly to ensure that all uh, uh, departments that uh, actually oversee municipalities are on board to ensure that they assist us. Uh, the Minister of Cocta uh, has established a, a technical committee uh, looking at the inter debt management or so, so that uh, we are able to manage our cash flows uh, uh, correctly. I do not support the fact that the, the municipality should be dissolved. What we should be doing and what we have started doing is to work with all political parties from all walks of life to ensure that uh, we, we deliver services to the people. I, I, dissolving the municipality will not bring about any change. It's just, it's just a cheap political for people that uh, want to ensure that uh, their moon pact is, uh, is relevant. All right. So, Mr. Ngobeni, it doesn't sound like you have at least the support of the MMC. 
in your calls for a dissolution of this municipality. But what happens now? What 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 do residents do now in the interim? Yeah, I mean um, that's 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 why that's why I'm saying if it, no, if he doesn't want to support it, it's fine. But he has already indicated in this in this radio interview what was the intention of the province, and it's still the same people that are in that province. But another was there in 2018, and continues to be the same person there. So. It's fine if he doesn't want to support the, uh, this, this dissolution. The residents have the right of being able to do so. He's saying that the, you know, is, 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 there's partnership with community uh, businesses and so forth. This partnership is great. People want to contribute and assist the municipality to do uh, to do better, but they can't do it themselves. You know, if they can't be able to pay um, the, the service providers themselves, and the, the residents who are trying to assist them are going to also end up not being able to come forward anymore, you know. So I'm saying that um, um, in Fulani residents, they've got a constitutional uh, opportunity to be able to take matters into their own hands. All right. One one of that is to ensure that they uh, support this petition. We are ready with our legal team to ensure that we take this matter uh, to the highest court um, and, and will we'll depend um, on all the information that we have since 2018 to convince the court that there is no interest from the province to resolve the problem of Infulini. There is no interest from this current political leadership in Infulini to be able to assist the residents as well. And for that matter, we think that this municipality must be dissolved. All right, and Mr. Ngobeni. Yeah. Let's, let's leave it there with you then for this morning. I want to take just um, one or two WhatsApp voice notes from our listeners for Mr. Marco. Hi, Casey. Uh, good morning, Casey. Can you please uh, ask Mr. Uh, Hassan to explain uh, the issue of uh, an engineer who conti- who continued to get a salary of uh, forty thousand while he has been uh, on uh, leave for about four years. Please, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. This is uh, Mishak from uh, Tepo. Thank you, Kathy. Mr. Mako? Yes. Can you answer the question? Uh, the matter of the engineer that uh, was earning 40,000 a month was brought to our attention by one of the uh, publications, and I can safely confirm that that fellow has resigned. He resigned yesterday. How did you not pick it up? Uh, well, some of uh, these things would need us to do an audit, and I, I can I can say uh, this will not be the the only employee that uh, would have been found. And uh, the municipal manager assisted to ensuring that there is an audit uh, so that we do a head count of all municipal employees that are earning their salaries without necessarily uh, without servicing the municipality. So outside of that audit, there is no other way of ensuring that there's accountability because I would imagine that if you are an employee, you have somebody that you report to, even at a middle management level, who is supposed to account for the number of people that are at are in the employ of the institution at, at any given time. Uh, I did mention, Kathy, that it's one, of, uh, one of the weaknesses was that uh, we let the uh, 
people that uh, were occupying posts at a strategic level, from executive uh, director level to managerial uh, levels. But we are assisted in closing that particular gap to ensure that each and everyone is like, accountable to their manager, line manager, supervisor, and that all uh, uh, monies uh, that are supposed to be paid to employees are paid to employees. So, 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 they may, to, so there may be many other employees who are earning salaries at Mfulweni but are simply not showing up for the job. Yes, uh, that I will concede, and uh, that is why the municipal manager insists to ensure that that comes to an end so that we don't receive such questions from newspaper publications anymore. Are you going to be demanding that he pay back that money? Uh, that will be a, a resolution that will be taken by, by council. But surely you must have a position? I do have a position. What people is your position? That, uh, people that benefit nefariously uh, from the institution should be dealt with. And we will be following up that that particular matter. So you would ideally want to see this individual pay that man that money back? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Look, it's it really is a, a dire state of affairs. There, there are no silver linings when it comes to, to the situation in Infulini. Mr. Mokolo, you are a community activist. I'm going to wrap it up with you this morning. Your parting shot. Yeah. We- we are sick and tired with uh, uh, what is happening in Mfulene. And we feel that we have been abused by our own local municipality. We feel that uh, this must come to an end. Because the basic services that we are demanding are stated in the Constitution, they are also stated in the manifesto. We don't owe anyone. They must provide, this is our demand, we need basic services in our communities. Thank you. All right, Mr. Briggs Makolo, community activist, let me thank you for your time. Hassan Mako, MMC for Finance at Influeni Local Municipality and all of the other contributors that came into uh, that particular conversation. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll change gears completely and we'll take a look at the work done by the South African Council on Sport, a, a movement that, beca- that began under the apartheid years would have marked a 50 years this year and we'll remember then the work of the SACOS committee and just basically how powerful the 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 position to use sport as a means of protesting against racism how powerful that was um, in the fight against apartheid all of that after this quick break